Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help marketers, advertisers, and agencies get the most out of their performance marketing campaigns. Today, we have Richard Bronze from jkradvertising.com. They run advertising for over a hundred dealerships nationwide and is one of the top automotive only ad agencies in the country. If you are looking to sell more cars per dollar spent, this is where you want to go. Richard, thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh man, couldn't be doing better. Just living the dream. I just sometimes don't know if it's a nightmare or reality. Uh, what what in precedent, unprecedented times we're in today. Uh, I am doing fantastic sitting on the uh, remote southwest coast of uh, Louisiana overlooking the marsh, uh, just that doing some work. So doesn't sound so bad. No, you know, the beauty is, is that uh, in today's technology, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you know, you can, you can, you know, do the work for your clients from afar and, uh, you know, you don't have to be in a market to know a market. So tell us a little bit about what's changed. Obviously, the pandemic has impacted all industries uh, across the board, but, you know, auto auto sales and automotive marketing and the entire infrastructure of dealerships, marketing, radio, showrooms just seems to have been upended uh, extremely quickly. So maybe just walk us through how you've dealt with that, uh, what the pivots have been and where you're going to go from here. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, one of the first things we did literally the, the very I remember it vividly. I'm, I was sitting with one of my clients in a very large, um, you know, uh, northeastern town, and uh, we were discussing, um, you know, the the next ninety or, or six months of what we were going to do, and we were talking about, you know, what happened in the 0708 timeframe and how we wanted to uh, approach uh, this new. Um, for lack of a better term, the pandemic, right? And uh, and so I, I, I remember distinctly on the 11th, we talked about doubling the, um, you know, the exposure for the dealership. On the 12th, we talked about what if and what would JKR do? And, and I had meetings with, with my partners. And on the 13th, uh, it dramatically changed, and here's what I mean by that. On the on the twelfth, we went from increasing dealers' exposure to renegotiating with every market that we represent and getting uh, basically like a bogo, um, you know, buy one get one um, from our you know broadcast groups. Um, we also went in and, and renegotiated all the digital strategies and, and almost got the same, um, you know, strategy uh, for our clients. On the 13th, uh, probably a third, if not half of them, had to cancel everything we were doing because the governors of their states forced them to shut down. Um, so... What we did notice, however, is there were some dealers that fought back and and absolutely put the the pedal on you know to the metal. They they took advantage of the bogos and were able to go into other 
forms of media to where they could get a bigger uh, cast net per se, or a bigger net to go out there and try and gain more customers. And so those dealers I saw had the best uh, performances. And so we, uh, you know, all car dealers seem to be copycats, right? Uh, what works for someone is going to work for us. And so they try and, you know, take advantage of those same strategies and make it work for them as well. And so, you know, those first 90 days, that's kind of what happened. So March, April, May, depending on the market, uh, we were able to continue the the BOGOs in, in all forms of media. And um, other markets, you know, that didn't close down, we saw some pushback. And so we got, a, got more of like a 30 or 40% discount. And what we're recognizing now is, is dealers, obviously, if they have inventory, they're selling cars. And so they're able to do a job on, on half of what they used to be able to do. And again, depending on the brands, I mean, obviously, you know, Chrysler uh, was one of the first to come out with, you know, 0% financing, 84 months, um, 72 months, whatever it may be, depending on the year and model and make of the, of the product. And so consumers were compelled uh, to stop what they're doing and go in and, and, and take advantage of that. And um, the other things that we're seeing is, you know, go to a town today and try and get an Uber or, or Lyft or whatever. I mean, they're almost seem to have vanished all of a sudden. The other thing that's been exposed is consumers are finding out that, you know, uh, a restroom in a McDonald's is cleaner than a cab, cleaner than a ride share. And, you know, the, the third lowest on the totem pole is a three to five year old used car. And so, you know, obviously they're looking to, you know, fix those things based on their, you know, phobias, I guess it should be. But, you know, there's great offers out there. Um, obviously you see it in the home market. You know, home buying is is through the moon right now because the rates are so low and people can get into a new home, you know, for about what they're paying in rent. So uh, that's kind of what we've seen here recently. Um, consumers that are coming into the dealerships and the dealers that are responding to the consumers that, that are, you know, online and setting the appointments and, and they're coming in and they're buying cars. Uh, if you don't sell them a car, it's because they either couldn't get, couldn't get bought, couldn't get out of their current car or, um, you know, you just slipped up because what I'm seeing right now is dealers are selling cars for without even, you know, beating their drums to tell them to come buy something from them. Well, that all sounds pretty positive. I think some of the things that we've seen from people has been a shortened time to conversion. When we look at our database of attribution data, uh, the guys that are sort of succeeding post pandemic have experienced not maybe not necessarily an increase in demand so let's table that for a second but what it is is the people that are showing up to buy uh, are well qualified well educated ready to move they close faster are you seeing that as well uh, no doubt uh, no doubt and you know not not to mention, um, someone that wasn't able to buy something uh, 30 days ago, uh, the dealers that are going back and, and reaching back out to those consumers are able to get, the con get customers back in because they're seeing, you know, the values of their used 
vehicle or lease have increased dramatically. You know, this is the third time in a row that that the values of used cars have actually gone up. Um, and so they're able to make better deals uh, for the consumers. And yeah, the customers that are coming in, you're right. I mean, again, it's there are very few of them that are coming into a dealership or not leaving in a product. Well, that's good. It's a good problem to have. Should cut back on uh, customer acquisition costs and things like that. Um, so walk, walk me through this because I've read some articles and I don't think I fully understand why this is happening, but everywhere you read and uh, the company Carvana has put out some content around it, but it seems like, the price of used cars has gone up. I guess I don't understand why or what's driving that. Do you have any insight there? You know, that's a, that's a million dollar question. And obviously, you know, we, we all wish we knew this and could for, could have forecast that because uh, dealers just, uh, you know, 15, 20 days ago here, what are we today? Today's the 20th. So, you know, 21 days ago, you know, dealers are complaining to me that they're online and they're buying cars and they're paying a thousand dollars over book value and they're scared to death because they know in one instance, you know, if, you know, they've got uh, 50 cars sitting on their lot, all, you know, at a thousand dollars over value or two thousand dollars over value, all of a sudden they could be upside down uh, right. in a tremendous amount of inventory. And all of a sudden now they're finding out that if they paid a thousand dollars over invoice, or over market value or what the banks are going to state as the value of that car, uh, they would actually be in equity in all of their products right now. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, I think it's just pent up demand. And, and, you know, again, right now, the, you know, the, the manufacturers uh, are behind on inventory. So now all of a sudden the pipelines are thin you know, new car pipelines used to be, they used to have, you know, you would pick up and call your rep and ask for, you know, X, Y, Z, 10, 20 of these certain makes and model. And they're like, Oh, you know, let me see if I can get to you. And you right. could hear the diesel truck running in the background and they're driving them to you before they could hang up the phone today. That's not the case. I mean, right now that you're, you're fighting for inventory. So that turn and earn uh, is, is so important back to the used car. Um, again, I, I, I wish I had a crystal ball because we could have gone out and made a mint, right? We forecasted this and went out and bought thousands of cars at retail and, you know, sat on them for 15 days. The next thing you know, you'd have 20% equity in everything. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a strange, you know, phenomenon in incoming global pandemic equals buy used cars as an investment, you know? wouldn't right could have could have fooled me but uh we're you know it's a it's a fluid environment we're seeing these things develop in real time and uh it's it's interesting to say the least so what i wanted to learn a bit more about was the agency specifically you guys are very dominant and very focused uh in this in this vertical and i think that there's a lot of agencies who do a little bit of everything or are really good at a particular medium. You know, they're a digital agency, they're a broadcast agency. And so, you know, guys specialize in, in different, different avenues, but you guys have really uh, carved out your spot here and have done well 
which is something that many agencies, uh, you know, don't make it past year five, year 10. Uh, but you guys have been around for a long time, really driving results. So what do you think is powering that? What's the secret sauce that's kept you in the forefront of the auto advertising industry? Who loaded question. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this, that uh, I, I think the number one asset uh, for for our entire team uh, is that we are automotive. Uh, I have a PhD. My papa had a dealership. My, my business partner owns a car dealership or several of them. Um, my uh, other partner comes from uh, first a car dealership background. He was the CFO. Uh, for a large group in the Northeast, and then uh, went to work for Subaru and went to work for Nissan, um, you know, America, came from the Ford motor manufacturer. So we know the car business from all facets. Um, I come from a car dealership. I was actually a client before I bought the agency. Um, and so that, number one, I think gives us a, a upper hand on, on any of the agencies because we know the business. Right. Um, a year ago, actually from 18 to midway through 19, <clears throat> I made a point to go around the nation and go to multiple dealerships across the United States and do one thing. And that was to sit on the desk or the tower uh, with the sales managers, not the owner, not the general manager. I want to sit with on the front lines in the trenches and see what was going on in the showrooms. And what I learned was nothing has changed in the car business since I got into retail uh, back in 1987. Nothing has changed. We believe things have changed, but they have not. Um, I believe that the digital is no different than, you know, the the stagnant yellow pages or the newspaper or print, right? Yeah. But what we are finding in, and what I am 100% confident is, is that if you do a great job online and you have a very formidable broadcast, whether it, you're, it is your own or the manufacturers, you're going to get your lion's share. And obviously some do it better than others. And so we have stuck to those guns. We have fought back the, you know, you've got to go online only and, and stayed with a broadcast message. And, you know, if we look at the insurance world, you know, when someone hears 15 minutes, you could actually finish that statement, right? You can even see yeah the little green gecko and hear his voice all of a sudden, or even the old caveman who have been off of the air now for probably seven to 10 years, you can even see and hear those, those spots. When does the customer stop in their tracks and spend 15 minutes to save 15% or more? Or do they call flow or do they call now, you know, uh, the emu and Doug, uh, do they call, you know, Peyton Manning? And so, what, what a lot of people don't recognize and don't know is that the big three giants, uh, Google, um, Apple, um, Facebook, Amazon, those are all monsters and giants online, right? They own yeah. it. Yet they spent four point something billion dollars last year in TV and radio, and no one is admitting that. Right. 
And so what we have found is that, yeah, you can do a great job because there's going to be X amount of cars sold in any particular market. So if there's a thousand cars sold in one new car sold in, you know, market A, we know that there's going to be about 2000 used cars sold in that market. So every month there's 3000 customers that all of the dealers are fighting over. And right. so if you're only online, then all you can do is steer a customer and you can typically do that, you know, by being the lowest price or having the most inventory or some other element to that. Sure. Uh, what we have found is that broadcast is going to drive direct navigation, which is the number one attribute to, you know, getting your site and your name to come up in a search. Right. Uh, we know that organic navigation is going to come up if someone barely remembers, you know, what the ad was or what the, the name of the, the place was. If they barely type it in, you're probably going to come up. And we know that paid will also benefit from a heavy broadcast um, campaign, as well as referral. Who would think, how would a referral work for that? But at least your name is out there. So if you're typing in lowest price insurance, and then all of a sudden you see 15 minutes, you're going to remember, oh, the gecko, let me go to them or, or the general, right. whatever it may be, right? So right. broadcast does that. And, and there was nothing more than than struck my mind that what we are doing works than my daughter who was 22 years old and departed from Lafayette, Louisiana to go to her, um, you know, continuing education to get her master's in Birmingham, Alabama, where we have three clients there. She does not own a TV. She does not own um, a non-paid uh, online service, for instance, Spotify, Pandora, et cetera. She, she has paid non-advertising. She uses dad and mom's Netflix, which has no advertising on it. Right. Yet in Birmingham, she could not escape daddy's ads. Right. And she would tell all her friends, that's my dad's ads. There's my right. dad's ad on TV. That's my dad's ad on radio. How was that? Because she was a 22-year-old daughter and in that market, we're really only targeting 25 plus or 25 to 54 year old adults. Right. How are we reaching her when she doesn't listen to broadcast or terrestrial radio? She doesn't, she has a TV that she doesn't own a cable system or rabbit ears or anything. She's watching Netflix. How is it? And it's because the consumer is not in charge of how and when something is broadcast over the airwaves. Sure. And so once that was done, if anyone hears that in a, you know, in a very large number of times, uh, then they're going to be compelled to think of you. And so I don't know if I've answered your question or if that was just rambling on and babbling, but, you know, that's kind of what we've stuck to. And, and the, you know, I think the formula still works back to going to the showroom. What I found out is the car business really has not changed one bit. Customers are still coming in, and most of them can will come in if you're solving their problem. Right. And there's only five reasons why a customer buys a car, and that's it. Whether they're buying a Porsche, a Ferrari, uh, or you know a Toyota Corolla. Tell us there's the reasons. Five. What are the five? What would you think the five are? Well, 
if you look at the Mercedes commercials, it's so that I can have like the perfect life and a wife, like get, get, you know, get the family unit, make my friends jealous of what I have. I think, you know, people buy on emotion. So I don't know if that's a completely out of line answer, but I don't think people, you know, buy the car based on a logical calculation of gas mileage uh, and, and feature set and resale value. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm a I'm a big believer in the emotional appeal of messaging, uh, and believe humans uh, act on emotion. So before I put my foot in my mouth, am I getting closer, or, or can you clarify for me? Well, somewhat. And and by the way, great example: the Mercedes Benz. Right? Most people think, uh, you know, many people don't shop for a Mercedes because they don't think it's affordable. What is right. Mercedes putting out today? that no one would even beg to, to think of, but look at the cars that they're producing. They're producing vehicles that are trying to drop the entry level for their product. They're coming out with vehicles that you can get into for a price or a payment that they never thought they could own a Mercedes for. Right. So the five reasons why customers buy a car, price and payment is obviously one of them, but price and payment, if I'm telling you that, you know, you're talking about a Mercedes, let's call it a sedan. And I start talking to you about, you know, Dodge Ram diesel trucks. Do you really care? So price and payment is irrelevant to you. But trade, down payment, and some form of credit aspect, 0% for 84 months, 0% for 72 months, all the manufacturers are coming out with them now. So now all of a sudden, in your mind, you see a Mercedes ad and it says zero do it signing, only $399 a month for a Mercedes SUV, all of a sudden, that is in the wheelhouse of most consumers. Yep. So price, payment, down, trade, and credit are the five reasons why customers buy a car. In fact, on that exact subject, the Mercedes-Benz, the, the 500 SL, one of my dear friends bought a 500 SL back in the early 2000s and they had kind of it's kind of the squared up sl it wasn't really the best looking 500 you know the sls that they came out with and all of a sudden they came out with the pointed nose and kind of a figure eight uh headlight he mm -hmm. had just bought his sl and he wanted that new body style right more than you can imagine the gotta have it was, gotta have it about $35,000 upside down. So he emotionally wanted it, but the dealer stated, you can get one. You just need $25,000 down. Had that dealer come up with a formula and just showed him a payment and not told him what he was getting on the trade and didn't, and he right. didn't have to come up with that much down, the guy would have taken it. Yeah. He'd have raised his monthly payment by $200. He would have taken the car. Right. But because he said you have to come up with X amount of dollars out of your pocket, yep. my friend didn't buy it. By the way, my friend could have wrote a check for the car. But it right. was the it's, like a, it's a messaging and a presentation uh, you know, uh, uh, factor more so than it is logical. It's, That's right. So it was, an, it was an, just like you said, it was an emotional struggle and an emotional barrier that he couldn't come up with. Had the, custom, yep. had the dealer stated – you know, fifteen hundred. You you pay the tax and registration, maybe another thousand dollars. Your payment's going up two hundred dollars a month. 
here's your new car. He would have driven off in the worst color because right. he wanted that body style. But the emotional offset of the amount of money down, the down payment, queered the deal. Yep. Well, so look, I think that's a nice segue. You talked about closing a sale. That's a transaction. That's a conversion. Let's let's work our way backwards from there. And you say, okay, what brought the friend to the lot? What advertisements uh, did they see? Did they hear five radio ads, two TV ads, clicked on seven Facebook uh, messages, and then saw the listing on AutoTrader, and now they're in the showroom? Walk us through what you've seen uh, in terms of customer journeys and how people make it to the showroom and maybe how those journeys have changed. And then I'll have a, a follow-up question on that uh, when you're done. Golly, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back to when I was in the business. Um, I used to have customers that would come in and of course we were doing the same thing that we're doing today, right? What brought you into the showroom? And I would have customers tell me all the time, I saw your billboards. I was like, man, those billboards are paying off so well. Guess how many billboards I had? None. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> I none. Right. Uh, I would, they would tell me they saw me on XYZ TV station and I never advertised on that TV station. And so what that told me was, is that if you can get into the ear of the consumers and I'm plagiarizing right now, I'm taking this from Roy Williams. If you can get into the ear, the heart and mind will follow. If you can get into the ear and the eyes, you will overwhelmingly convert the heart and mind with persuasive messaging, giving the right messaging that is compelling to the consumer and lets them think and dream that they can do this. Yep. If you can do that at a high enough time, hey, next thing you know, Geico may become the number one insurance agency in the country. That's what his desire is to be. And he's certainly changed the advertising world for the insurance business since he started to become, wanted to become number one. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that's gotta be one of the most iconic advertising campaigns of all time. I mean, people talk about the Pepsi commercials with, uh, Brittany and Janet Jackson or whatever and Super Bowl ads, but it's like, you know, I think there's some, everybody in the remote corners of the earth know that silly campaign and either the gecko or the caveman, or at least the phrase. Um, and you know, it's about frequency. It's about reach repetition. You're stuck in their head when they think, when they think insurance, they're going to think that. And it's just a testament to the number of times that they've reminded you that that's their message. So Walk us through about how about attribution, right? I mean, that's what we do. Uh, we take a lot of pride in being able to help advertisers tie back those marketing events to conversions, not just for automotive, but across all industries, e-commerce, B2B sales, long, complicated, multi-year journeys for financial products and things like that. But automotive is an especially difficult nut to crack, as I'm sure you are aware, we've put together some technology around it. And I wanted to learn more about sort of the JKR uh, secret sauce for how you guys are currently doing attribution or at least return on ad spend in some capacity to help your clients know 
I can either spend 10 grand on a billboard, 10 grand on Facebook, 10 grand on AutoTrader, but we know that the best thing to spend 10 grand on is X. How are you guys working your way through that now? Well, uh, again, it's, it's, you know, the best thing that has worked for us is, is referral, right? And, and our clients' success. And that's, that's the number one thing we can hang our hat on. But, you know, going back to the, to the four, you know, attributes of, you know, the digital, how did they get to our digital? How did they find us? You know, direct navigation, someone types in, you know, uh, leadsrx.com. How and why did they do that? If someone types in geico.com, I mean, that, that is the number one thing you can do, right, for your dealer or for your company is to get someone to type that in. How do you do that? You do that with what you just spoke about. If you can get enough frequency that the customer actually goes straight to it instead of going into the space bar, typing in Google, typing in Yahoo, typing in whatever, and then typing in what they thought they heard or type in the dealer's name. Um, you know, and so I think that we have stuck to that. And now because of companies like yourself, because of Google read, um, you know, read only analytics, because of all other analytics, we can prove definitively through campaigns that when an ad is on a broadcast, we can show the lift. I saw some some reporting the other day. I don't know if it was from you guys or from someone else, where broadcast campaigns are 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 lifting, you know, awareness and attributes and and customer retention by seventy percent with a good, strong, compelling ad campaign and and a broadcast. You know, someone who's flipping through their their Facebook or Instagram or, or, you know, emails or whatever it may be, they have the option to shut you down. You do not have the option to shut down broadcast, even if you turn your radio off. I refer back to my daughter. Right. You don't, you are not in control of the broadcast. Interesting. And so, and so we have found that, you know, by by showing and proving and delivering results for our current dealers and past dealers when they go somewhere else they come back and they're like you know what i was i ended up spending the same amount of money and i just started you know going backwards in today's right. market it's a little different we're seeing gross profits are up we're seeing that customers are coming in. And so if you've been on a broadcast campaign for the past five, 10, 15 years without error, without ever leaving, that message is going to stick in your mind. If you haven't turned on a TV or a radio, and I still said the words, 15 minutes, could you could finish the statement. And so yeah. that's what high frequency does. That's what a high intrusive campaign can do and i say that intrusive meaning that it's on our terms not on the customer's terms yeah. so most dealers uh you know don't look at the data um you know as much as we do right and so you know when we look at the data um you know in this mythology and and you know then we know that um uh, that we are going to drive all facets of their marketing 
through a broadcast campaign. And that's going to be the number one campaign that you can do. And I've, I've witnessed it every day and continue to witness it today. And so if you execute that broadcast advertising campaign, you know, properly and have the tools to go back and make sure that you're getting what you're paying for with a compelling message to not just a targeted audience, but the entire audience, then you right. should see a, a, an, a, a very obvious correlation in your web traffic, showroom traffic, and phone traffic. Sure. If you don't, you need to, you need to, you need to get a new agency to help you find that right mix for your dealership. Yeah, very cool. Well said. And I think, you know, you guys are are really the masters of the that, you know, the frequency, the reach, the repetition, the broadcast component. You know, that's the expertise that is still a, a huge critical part of the automotive industry. There is one little component of our technology uh, that I wanted to highlight, if I may. Yes. That I don't even know if you uh, had spoken with uh, the guys on our team about it. But what we rolled out specifically for the automotive industry is a, uh, a special, and uh, I'm going to try to uh, stay away from being too explicit here, but I think you'll get, the, you'll get the idea. After a sale happens in the showroom or in any capacity, what we allow dealers to do and agencies like yourself is send out to that customer a special email that just says thank you. So Thanks for buying the F-150. Thanks for buying the used car. Uh, it's it's ABC, Bob's dealership. And uh, we just wanted to appreciate uh, let you know how much we appreciate uh, you choosing us uh, for your uh, next car purchase. And what's fantastic about that is inside of that email, there is a, a magic little piece of JavaScript that can then connect that device, that user, back to their web sessions back to all the pages that they viewed on on your site if you have attribution in place and you're running digital campaigns as well both display um, or uh, uh, search or any of those combinations we are tracking all of that digital activity and then we correlate it with what you're doing broadcasts on the broadcast side with spot logs um, and and where and when those ads are running and what ends up happening is you can start to see uh, that once you know that it was Sally who bought the F-150 and then the technology knows that Sally was the one that heard the radio three times, the TV once, clicked on Facebook four times, read your vehicle detail page again, two months went by, now she's in the showroom, now she's gone, now she's back, and then the car drives off the lot. This is what allows uh, sophisticated marketers like yourself and dealerships who are uh, uh, embracing the technology, so to speak, to really go back to the dollar and cents and say, I spent $20,000 on this campaign. I sold, you know, $200,000 worth of cars with a margin of $30,000. You know, I have a, a profitable uh, ad campaign running here. And next period, next quarter, next week, next day, we're going to increase the spend on channel X, we're going to decrease the spend on channel Y. And that's really what attribution is all about. Have you seen anything like that be deployed in the industry yet? I, I've seen things that I, I, I would say 
are very close. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say they're exact, but yes, I have seen, uh, we do have some, um, I would call them partnered relations yep. uh, with groups throughout the auto industry uh, that, that do exactly what you're talking about. It's one of the attributes that, that allows us right. to go to our dealers and our customers uh, exactly how um, their broadcast is influencing um, the consumers yep. in their, within their market. Yeah, and I so, think it's... I think it's just so I would say, yeah, I have, would it be exactly like yours? I don't know. I'd have to see them in comparison. Yeah. Uh, and so, some of those things are, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if I have the personality or the temperament to sit down and just kind of study those for so long. I, I uh, sometimes it's just, you know, the information is just so much that I'm just like, okay, look, let's just trust it and just roll right. with it. But it well, is look. great to be able to point it out and prove it to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, those are fantastic um, yeah. Yeah. You know, tools for not only yourself, but for our uh, agency like our own. Um, and obviously, you know, when we get off this call, I'll hopefully to follow up and we'll, we'll look at them even more. Of course. Yeah, we'd be happy to. We also, uh, for the automotive space, we, we're uh, making some inroads into a essentially a uh, almost the affiliate and the directory model. So when you look at auto traders and car dot, cars.com, and I don't know if you participate there, but it's like you're, you're spending, you can spend money on cars.com to promote the uh, vehicles you have on your lot. Cars.com can send you their, you know, special reports that say you got a thousand impressions of this car and 53 clicks to your dealer uh, dealership site. But beyond that, they don't, they can't tell you if that car got sold. And so what no. we're doing is bridging that gap and we are tying that together um, because we can, we can tell that the, the visits that are coming from those ad campaigns, we can track those users uh, broadcast or digital to then come back and say cars.com is, or is not better than autotrader.com. And um, it's just a, it's such an interesting logistical uh, transaction that is very, very unique. This is a, a product that, just transacts in a way that I can't really think of other products uh, that that work in that that same methodology. So it, it requires a unique approach. And I think what a lot of what you brought up on this call is, you know, JKR has the the seasons that as the seasoned expertise, not just from the advertiser agency side, but you guys have lived and breathed it uh, from uh, basically being your own customer, so to speak. And so I think. This, this special sauce is somebody who has that broadcast experience, understands how uh, messaging moves vehicles. And if you can sprinkle in some data and some proof on top, I think you're well positioned for the for the future of automotive advertising. And that's the direction we're all going in. No doubt. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Well, and, go, go ahead, Richard. No, I, I I think those are all fantastic points, and and you're right. I mean, look, you know, the the worst thing a, a dealer can do, and and this goes back to when you know, parts departments were run on you know on on index cards, uh, to today is sell someone a car and forget about them. Um, you know, the hardest thing to do is to gain a customer. 
Um, the easiest thing to do is, is if you just take the time is to retain a customer. And so doing what you're saying and, and constantly focusing on how that customer came in and why they came in and just uh, keeping that customer alive and thriving throughout your dealership and all aspects of the dealership and, um, you know, helps you learn how to, how to continue to grow others because, uh, you know, not all people are alike, but, you know, it pulls back down to the five emotions that I talked about. <laughs> so, you know, if you don't make it too complicated, um, you can absolutely uh, grow your sales and grow your market share. Well, great, Richard. Thank you so much for the time today to all our listeners and anybody who's checking this out on the blog or YouTube or otherwise. If you are looking to sell more cars, improve the effectiveness of your broadcast campaigns and your entire marketing landscape, you need to go check out JKR. They are the leader in automotive advertising. If you're looking for attribution uh, to get a more data-driven analysis on what campaigns are driving those auto sales, go check out leadsrx.com. We have a dedicated attribution product specific for the automotive industry to try to help guys like Richard and the clients get the most out of their campaigns. Richard, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show. We are signing off the Attribution Marketing Podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.